Rachel Hour online, internet, around the world, church service. And I want to say happy Palm Sunday to you today when Jesus went into Jerusalem and the palm branches were laid down and the King of Kings rode in there with much, much fanfare and rejoicing and celebration. But my friends, he's going to come back again, praise God, as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And isn't that going to be a wonderful day? So we're going to prepare our hearts for all that the Lord wants us to receive today and throughout this week. I'll be coming to you multiple times this week just to share things with you because this is the March towards Resurrection Sunday. And I believe that this is a month of miracles. And I want to be speaking into your heart, building up your heart, your inner man with faith in God's word and an expectancy that great breakthroughs and miracles are going to take place in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's take our Bibles and go to Genesis chapter 39. And let's drop down to verse 23. We're going to receive the tithes and offerings. We're going to bring them into the storehouse of God. We're going to put God first because he deserves to go first. And we're going to honor him as an act of worship and obedience by bringing the holy tithes and offerings into the storehouse. Now, verse 23 says, the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. Now this is when Joseph was in prison. Okay. It says, because the Lord was with him and whatever he did, this is an amazing statement and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Now, we have to dig into that statement just a little bit because you need to understand you can't just do anything and expect the Lord to prosper it. Well, uh, Pastor Stephen, it looks like Joseph, it says, whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Yes, but that's because what he's doing are right choices, right decisions. Here's what I'm saying. The reason that Joseph is being blessed in prison is not just because he's Joseph, the son of Jacob, whose name, you know, of course, Jacob had his name changed to Israel. Well, Pastor Stephen, that's why Joseph is being blessed. He's the son of Israel. Well, uh, yes, there is a very big destiny that he's carrying on his shoulders. Yes, there is a, a divine plan that God has laid out for the life of Joseph that will touch the nation of Israel. But my friends, God's not just blessing him because he's Joseph. It doesn't work like that. You're not automatically blessed just because you are a Christian. You're not automatically blessed where God puts his hand of blessing upon your life just because there's a great destiny that would be, you know, within your spiritual DNA. You're blessed because of what you do. Now, it says, whatever he did, it says that the Lord made it prosper. But it's not it's not automatic. That blessing doesn't just come because you're just doing anything under the sun. What is going on is that Joseph is acting out all of the wisdom and impartation that has been sown into his life through the wise counsel of his father. 
Now, at the age of 17, Joseph was sold into slavery and was a slave in Potiphar's house. But we know the story. Potiphar's wife endeavored to seduce him. Joseph basically said no, ran away, and then she, you know, falsely accused him. And the next thing you know, he's in prison. But all of that teaching that his father Jacob had poured into him. Now remember, Jacob, he's blessed with the relationship that he had with his father, Isaac, and Isaac poured into him. Well, we know that Abraham poured into Isaac. So all that wisdom, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, was particularly poured into Joseph. He was, it says in the Bible, the favorite child. And of course, that created a lot of jealousy, a lot of problems. But nevertheless, he was the favorite child. So while the other boys were out taking care of the sheep and doing the things that they were assigned to do, Joseph was different. His father sat him down and said, listen, son, I want to teach you things that are different from what I'm teaching the other boys. I love them, but I'm going to share some things with you. And I really believe that that his father, Jacob, was able to see the different trajectory that God had for Joseph's life. And he sat down and began to teach him over the years, over the years, these various things that really allowed him to walk in a different anointing, uh, an anointing of leadership, and an anointing of administration. Look, this was a big prison. He's running everything in the prison. He's not the head prison guy, but the head prison guy has put in everything underneath Joseph's charge because he's, he's doing such a good job. And he's a smart boss because it makes the boss look good. But Joseph's running everything. So there's food coming in. He's making sure there's proper distribution. He's making sure that um, things are being run right in the prison. And here's the principle. If you can run a prison right, you can run an entire nation right. If you can govern your house, regardless of what your income in, your income is, whether it's $2,000 a month or $200,000 a month or $2 million a month, if you can govern your house, what's under your authority, then you can govern through those same principles, larger Amounts. You could govern a whole planet if it was put in your charge if you continue to operate in those principles. Well, what's he, what's he operating in? Biblical principles that his father Jacob taught him. Principles of wisdom, administration, leadership, accounting, common sense. These were all taught to him by his father while the other brothers were out taking care of sheep. You could say that Joseph was a bookworm. And all of that wisdom was poured into him by his father. And I tell you what, he, he had a very wide package. He was a very handsome man, but he had a phenomenal intellect. And he knew how to apply all of the things that his father taught him. Oh, where did Jacob get all of that knowledge that he poured into Joseph? He got it from his father, Isaac. Where did Isaac get the things that he walked in? He got it from Abraham. Where did Abraham get it from? From God. Praise the Lord. That's where it came from. So he's operating in a phenomenal level of wisdom. See, it says, whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. What's he doing? He's doing things that are 
reflections of the wisdom of God. That's what he's doing. That's what he's operating in. And I tell you what, it's working. It's working. And when you operate in biblical principles, then God sees that. And what does he do? He comes and puts his hand on that and he'll bless it. He'll bless it. But let me tell you right now, God will not bless stupid. No, he won't do that. If you're out doing stupid, crazy, foolish stuff. Lord, come bless this. I have the same name. My name is Joseph too. Well, it doesn't matter if your name is Joseph, David, or Reuben, or if you're you're named after all of the children that are the patriarchs. It, It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work because of a name. It doesn't work because of, oh, I belong to this family. I'm a descendant of Jacob. No, it doesn't work like that. It works because you're doing what is pleasing in the sight of God. I have no doubt that Jacob sat down with Joseph and said, Joseph, not only am I going to teach you about principles of wealth and principles of success and principles of leadership, but he said, son, I believe that I'm going to share with you some deeper secrets. I want you to know that, that, that I, your father, am a tither. And I have no doubt that Jacob poured his heart out with Joseph and told him about the covenant of tithing that he made with God there at Bethel, in, in the city of Bethel, which is mentioned in Genesis chapter 8, uh, excuse me, chapter 28, verse 22. And I believe that all of that wisdom was poured into Joseph, and he had all of this inside of him while he's in a prison. But he's applying all of that, and it's working in the prison. And uh, I tell you what, God blessed it. God doesn't just bless anything. It has to be what is an agreement with God's Word. It has to be lined up with biblical principles. And when a person is practicing that, then God will bless everything that you do. Everything that you do. Why? Because you're doing what is pleasing to the Lord. Woo! Praise the Lord. Pastor Stephen, what kind of wisdom was he operating in? Well, I believe that we see it uh, very clearly. Let me jump over here uh, in Genesis chapter 41. Genesis 41. And remember that favor can open a door for you, and you can have a gifting, which is what Joseph had to interpret dreams, and he did interpret the Pharaoh's dream, you know, precisely. And when Pharaoh heard the interpretation, and when his royal court heard the interpretation, they knew, yes, that's, that, is, that is exactly what that means, that it, you've unraveled the puzzle. Wow, we're happy. But look, that's not where he stopped that. Joseph kept going. There, there is the thing of favor that brings you before, which, which for Joseph was the ability to interpret dreams. So he had a spiritual gift, okay? But he interpreted the dream, but remember, he didn't stop there. Let me tell you what really put him into the position as being governor over the entire land and the person assigned to stand at the right hand of Pharaoh. What, what that was was different from their charismatic gifting. What was different that really put him in that high place was verse 33 of Genesis 41. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this. 
and let him appoint officers over the land to collect one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven plentiful years, and let them gather all the food of those good years that are coming, and store up grain and the, under the authority of Pharaoh, and let them keep food in the cities. Then that food shall be as a reserve for the land for the seven years of famine which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land may not perish during the famine. So the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh, and in the eyes of all his his servants. And it was at that point Pharaoh said, hey, uh, I mean, who else can run this better than you yourself? And so it wasn't just the dream interpretation anointing or gifting that propelled Joseph to that high position. Oh, yes, that, that's a phenomenal gift, and it certainly got him before Pharaoh, and he used it, and, you know, Pharaoh was really blessed. But it's the application of wisdom where he said, look, Pharaoh, this is what you need to do. And if uh, you do this, you're going to be set up in a way where nations will come to you. Woo, hallelujah. You can really attribute the wild success of Egypt merging into that of a superpower and a super economy to the wisdom of Joseph. Where did he get that wisdom from? He got it from his father. Who got it from his father? Who got it from his father, which would have been Abraham? All of that wisdom collected over generations, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all poured into Joseph. All poured into Joseph. Now, Pastor Stephen, I want God to bless all that I do. Well, then you can't do crazy, silly stuff that runs contrary to the commandments of God, and to the principles of God's Word. You can't do crazy stuff. You have to do things that are right. And when you do things that are right, such as tithing, which Jacob was a tither, and I'm sure he told Joseph about that. When you do things that are right, then the blessing comes. Then God puts His hand upon all that you do. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. So that wisdom to stand before Pharaoh and say, save 20%. We're going to go into the seven years, just like you had the dream. We're going to go into the seven years, save 20%, set it aside, let it be a reserve. And it just began to pile up, pile up. And Joseph was put as governor. He starts building all of these gigantic storage uh, areas, which have been discovered by archaeologists that, that they're just massive. And they were just filled and filled with grain. It said there was so much grain that he stored, he stopped counting. Just could, you couldn't uh, maybe they ran out of zeros at that point. But I tell you what, that's wisdom. That's wisdom, and God will come and put His hand on that. Mm -mm. Now look, I see you walking in biblical wisdom. I see that because you're making wise choices and not doing crazy stuff, you're doing wise choices, things that are prudent and things that are fiscal, fiscally responsible, that God sees that and His blessing comes upon all that you do. You're not acting like Congress, just out spending all kinds of crazy money, pouring money in the crazy projects, doing foolish things with it. No, you're behaving with wisdom, and God sees that, and the blessing of the Lord comes upon your life. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. And I see you're lifting I see you're lifting. As you walk in the light of God's Word, I see you going higher and higher in the economic realms, in the economic atmosphere. You're going to go to the stratosphere. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. That's all based upon making wise decisions. See, there are some Christians that if they had a sudden influx of large wealth, 
they would take it and begin to do crazy things with it. Why? They don't know principles. They would plunge themselves in the debt, or they would spend it all. They wouldn't even tithe. They would go out and spend it. They wouldn't even give an offering. They would just spend it and consume it on themselves. And then when it's all gone, or they've created a big financial mess, they, then they would say, God, I need some more money to fix it. But see, if you can't manage what you have, if you can't manage in the prison, you can't manage, you can't run the nation. But you, when you run things right, oh, God sees that. Oh, then there's increase on the way. Increase is on the way. And I believe God has his eye on you. I believe that God sees you as a tither. I believe that God sees you as a sower of seed. And because of that, because of that, God is lifting you higher and higher. Praise God. And I know that there's shakings out there in the world, but those things will not shake you because you're a covenant child of God. You are a covenant child of God. And the covenant prevails over every negative circumstance or condition that will be fluctuating out there in the world. The covenant is stronger, stronger than anything. Praise God. And as you operate covenant principles, as you are a tither, as you are a sower of seed, as you honor the commandments of God, then God begins to bless all that you do. See, here's what the church has done. Some in the prophetic circles have caught the revelation that God really does want to raise up a Joseph company. Those walking in a Joseph anointing where they are entrusted with tremendous financial resources. Oh, yes, Pastor Stephen, yes, we want the Joseph anointing. But here's where, where they've missed it. God will release the Joseph anointing on those who are doing the right thing. Again, again, Genesis chapter 39, verse 23, and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Okay, whatever he did, what's he doing? The right thing, the right thing. He's He's applying everything that his hands touch the right way, distributing property, running the accounting properly, overseeing the payroll for all of the workers, you know, that are, you know, the prison workers, the ones that get paid, you know, not the, not the one, not the ones that are the convicts. They don't get anything, but he's making sure that those who are getting, he's running everything. He's running everything. He's not, he's not cheating. He's not taking bribes. He's not fudging numbers. He's not taking some for himself and stuffing it over in a clay jar. No, he's doing everything by the book, everything above, above above board. And uh, I tell you what, when you do the right thing, that's when the blessing comes. That's when the hand of God comes. Keep doing the right thing. Do the right thing with money. Make the right choices with money. Praise the Lord. Exercise self-control with money. Don't go crazy and do crazy stuff with money. Hallelujah. And you'll see, you'll see that your life will become that beautiful picture that God wants it to be a reflection of Joseph. Woo. Praise the Lord. And finances will come. Finances will come, but we have to do the right thing with it. Remember, if you can run, if you can run a prison, you can really run an entire government. You could run a nation. And that's why God put him in that position. Not because not because he is a, a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then the 12 patriarchs. No, no, you don't get a free ticket just because of your bloodline. You get the blessing because of what you do. Woo, praise the Lord. The blessing comes upon right decisions, right actions. Woo, praise God. Praise God. 
and his father. His father was a committed tither. Praise the Lord. Now, let's bring the tithe into the storehouse of God. We're getting very close to Passover Sunday next week. Praise the Lord. And we are believing God for all of the provision to come in where we can complete the fence around the entire ministry property. Now, this is the most expensive stretch of this project because it includes the gate and it's the longest run of fence also that we will have done. But we are believing God to be able to knock this whole thing out, complete this whole project because of your extra sowing of a Passover seed, a sacrificial Passover seed so that we can complete this project. Praise the Lord. So thank you for bringing your tithes into the storehouse. And I want you to sow a special Passover seed. The, uh, you can call it the Passover seed or call it the resurrection seed or the fence project seed, whatever you want to call it. But as you sow that seed, as you sow that sacrificial offering, I want you to believe God that you're going to get the hundredfold return and the, that as you sow that seed, you're expecting God to give you a harvest and that area of your life where you want and where you need that harvest. I want you to release your faith and have an expectancy that God's going to do a miracle because I am joining my faith with yours for a miracle to happen in your life and that you'll see it and you'll say, there's my harvest and you'll see, you'll see a miracle take place in your life. Woo, praise God. I believe in miracles. I'm an old-fashioned Pentecostal preacher, and I believe in miracles. Hallelujah. And God's got a miracle for your seed. God's got a miracle harvest for you, and it's coming, and it's coming quick. Praise the Lord. So thank you for sowing your seed. And I ask that as you sow it, that you would go before the Lord and say, Lord, what am I supposed to do? Husbands and wives get together. Husband and wife sit down and say, you know, and pray, what are we supposed to do? And that number, that, that number, that amount that God would give you, sow it. Sow it. Don't question it. Don't try to figure it out. Just sow it. Praise the Lord. That's all God's asking is that you will do what He instructs you to do. That's where the blessing's at. Mm, mm, mm. Pastor Stephen, how do I know if I'm really hearing from God? Childlike faith. You listen with childlike faith, and God will speak to you. He'll give you that number. And be quick to obey and sow it. Praise the Lord. Me and my wife and our entire ministry team, we are praying over every Passover seed that is coming in, and they've been coming in. And I tell you what, you guys are a very giving bunch. I tell you, I am so thankful for every single one of you, for those of you that are online members, and those of you that are ministry partners. Now, the online members, they tithe. They're, those are the committed tithers, and that carries the ministry to reach the nations. But so many, maybe you have a, a, a home church somewhere else, but you still love the ministry, and you enjoy the teaching, and you sow special seed. I tell you, those special seeds are really a real blessing because that helps us also to move these special projects forward and helps to get them done. So every, every offering counts and God sees it and he's going to bless it. Praise the Lord. So heavenly father, I just thank you. Let there come a Joseph anointing upon your people where they are faithful in applying proven biblical principles, just like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, 
Thank you, Father God, that those men were financial heavyweights. They had great wealth and great riches. They poured that into Joseph, and then through the life of Joseph, there was a culmination of that wisdom and anointing that really became a splendor uh, to the nation of Egypt. So, Father, we thank you that you are going to raise up individuals who will have nation impacting ability because of the provision that you're going to bless them with, where the gospel would be so financed that literally nations will become sheep nations. They will be moved from a position of a goat nation to a position of a sheep nation because so many, so many will be impacted by the gospel and will be one to Christ. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We give you all the praise. Father, we acknowledge that you are the one that gives seed to sow. And that which we have is because you have given it to us. So, Father God, we thank you for seed to sow. I thank you that these seeds that are coming in are very precious. It represents the sweat, the blood, the toil, the effort, the energy, the expenditure of their intellect. It is a part of themselves, and it is sacred and holy. And I thank you, Father God, that I set myself in agreement with your people as they sow precious, sacred seed, that that seed is coming back in a 100-fold harvest. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Now, if you would like to mail in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. Our zip code here is 28654. Hallelujah. If you want to bring them in online, you can do so anytime, day or night. Wherever you live in the world, you can go online to our website, www.stephenbrooks.org. There on the homepage is a link called Tides and Offerings, and you can click on that, and they'll come right into the storehouse of the Lord. Now, if you're sowing a special seed, make a little notation so that we can know that goes into that special account towards that very special project of the Fence Project. Just make a little notation. If you want to call it Resurrection Seed, we'll know what that's for. It's for the fence. If you want to just call it the Fence Project, put the little notation so that we put it towards that. Hallelujah. If you want to call it your Passover seed or Easter seed, make a notation so that we know it's going towards the fence. Thank you for standing with us on this project. I believe we're going to get it done. I have no doubt that we're going to get it done. So thank you for being obedient to the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Now, today, let's talk about being hidden by the Lord, hidden by God. And I want us to take our Bibles, and why don't you just meet me for a moment in Revelation chapter 13. This is one of the funnest chapters in the Bible to read, Revelation 13. Uh, really, Revelation 11 and Revelation 13, I just read it over and over. I know, I know the Antichrist hasn't even shown up yet, but we're all ready for him. We're, we're, we're going to know this guy when he shows up, because we've got his number, literally, <laughs> 666. And Revelation chapter 11 and chapter 13 are just... Oh, they're, they're just so uh, enjoyable. And I know, look, we're excited. We're ready for the end. And the end is not yet, but I tell you what, we're ready for it to roll. And I think there are some things that we need to discuss because 
I believe the timing is right. I feel led of the Holy Spirit to preach a message today on a topic that I have not shared before, but I believe the timing is right that there is a release of the Spirit to share this, and so I'm going to talk about these things today. I want to talk about hidden by God. And I have to admit, this has been uh, really one of the most strenuous messages to get out because uh, I'm sitting here preaching this message to you right at, literally, right at the midnight hour where I'm going to roll into early Sunday morning. Uh, because we have had so many technical problems, a piece of hardware just completely went down on us. And it's not old, the, the piece of equipment is only about a one year old, but uh, you know, we use it all the time. So it's, um, it's been struggling and it looked like it was shot by God's grace. We got it resurrected, got it re- reflashed and reprogrammed and did all of that. And then had to reset all, you know, all the sound, all the video, everything that's running through this piece of hardware but you know what? Uh, it took hours and hours, but we're up and running. And I'm still here because I felt I've got to preach this message. And uh, it is midnight, but it's the midnight hour spiritually as well. And so we need to talk about this today. This is going to help you to walk in total peace and serenity, regardless of what kind of crazy stuff is going on in the world. Today's message is called Hidden by God. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come right now with quickening, illuminating power. Thank you, Father God, that this is the week. This is the week where the King of Kings went into Jerusalem. Mm -mm. This is the week where Christ laid down his life for the forgiveness of our sins. And He purchased our redemption. This is a big week. This is the Passover week. So Father, we just thank You. Let there be an open heaven all this week, and prepare us for all things that would be in front of the church, because we are coming into our finest hour. We give You all of the praise. We believe and we receive, and we agree in Jesus' name. Shout today and say, Amen. Praise God. Now, I'm going to share some things today that will help you keep your head. I mean that literally. There's going to be Christians that, not, not now, we're not in that moment yet, but give it some time. Give it, give it some years, and I'm not, I'm not setting dates or anything like that, but give it some time. There will be Christians, because they don't know certain truths in the Bible about God's covenant plan of protection, that will be martyred in the latter days because the persecution against Christians and against Jews is going to get to a place where eventually it just goes, goes off the chart. And we need to be ready for that. And I need to share some things with you so that you and your family are prepared. And actually, the things I'm going to talk about today, you need to be able to teach them and share these things with your children and talk about these things with your children so that, let's say, you know, five years down the road or ten years down the road or whenever this thing begins to unfold, of when the Antichrist begins to come on the scene, so that your children are aware and that they never take the mark. You need to tell your, your children, I mean, you need to open up your Bible and really just sit down with your children and say, look, there is a mark that's going to come. It's it's most likely a... a uh, you know, a form of data, the, 
that's going to be encrypted that can be embedded into you into your hand or into your forehead don't take it don't ever ever take it because billions will and you need to talk with your children about this also should there ever be something that would happen where your children are separated from you maybe that you know they're taken by the state or taken by a controlling government and uh, you know they have to be able to stand on their own and they know even if they're separated from you they have been taught don't ever ever take that mark even if you're persecuted unto death don't take that mark because what's going on is that we're now much more clearly beginning to see the accelerated forming of a one world government Uh, this is not just going to be a one world government but it's going to be a one world religion and there's a meeting later this year headed up by the Pope scheduled to be in September for the signing the official signing of a one world religion Woo! heads up spiritual antennas up okay there will also come along with this one world order a one world economy everything will be linked together we will move from a uh, a society where we use cash uh, it will go into a cashless society all of these things are laid out clearly in the scriptures particularly revelation chapter 13 which is just fun to read it over and over and over again because uh, already we just get just a tiny little taste of what it's like to be in the end times. It's almost like you're living in a science fiction movie. You're like, wow, this is actually going to happen, just like the Bible said. So we just get a little taste of that, uh, you know, with the coronavirus and the, you know, these things that have been taking place, the COVID-19. But you know, this is all preliminary stuff. The heavy stuff is coming down the line. But these things are already beginning to unfold. Now, we're going to get into this today. Um, This thing with the COVID-19 has been pre-planned. You need to understand that. Uh, Even even a couple of years ago, two years ago, when I was renewing my driver's license, they told me about ID 2020. So I'm at the DMV, and they said, now you need to get the special driver's license unless you have a passport. I said, I've got a passport. And, you know, there was a long line that day. And I said, because I've got a passport, I don't want to wait in this super long line to get this special, you know, uh, you know, driver's license that got the little star in it and all of that. And uh, so she explained to me about ID 2020. She explained this to me over two years ago. And, uh, you know, because at that time I already had, uh, you know, global entry. And, and because me and Kelly travel a lot internationally, we we have, the you know, kind of the extra cards that you can get, that you can apply for with the government, where when you get off the plane, you don't have to stand in a line with 700 people or sometimes the lines can be, you know, I've seen lines over a thousand people long. It looks, it looks like something that would outdo Disneyland with these crazy lines where you have, you know, three or four, you know, seven, seven, seven jets all arrive at the terminal at the same time. Everybody gets off the plane and goes standing in the line. Well, if you have certain things like global entry, you skip all of that. You go instead of a line with a thousand people, maybe a line that has, you know, 20 or, or maybe at the most ever I've ever seen 50 people, but uh, you know, it just scans you. Uh, and now you don't even need the card. Now, now it'll just scan your face with face ID. All of that's artificial intelligence, but this, this has been planned for a couple of years, the ID 2020, and it was actually planned to be 
mainly released over the nation with a big thrust through through the potential of a pandemic. And wouldn't you know it that we've actually had a pandemic. COVID-19 has broken out and it's been out, you know, you know, for a couple of months now. So the thing is, is that Bill Gates, the former wealthiest man in the world, he's had a few people outdo him now, but he's still got a lot of money. Bill Gates just released uh, this interview where he said that everybody will get a digital certificate that shows that you have had the immunization against the COVID-19. And if you don't have that digital certificate, you won't even be able to conduct business. Woo! Hey, that's starting to sound like, hey, if you don't have that mark, you can't buy or sell. Well, this is still just preliminary stuff. Uh, You don't need to get nervous, but you do need to be aware. I'm just stunned sometimes of uh, the Christians that really don't know what's going on. It's almost like some of them aren't going to figure it out until it becomes full-blown. But you need to know what's going on so that you can be aware, so that you're awake, and you really need to be praying, walking close with the Lord, because you can see it very easy. You can see how the world has changed because of this coronavirus, just like 9-11, 2001. It changed the world. It changed the course of history. And you you can't go back after that. Something has been altered in the world. Well, the same thing with this coronavirus. The world has been altered. We are moving faster and further towards the end times. And you have to really be aware of what's going on. So, those behind the scenes had already planned the unveiling of the ID 2020. Let's get everybody in this system where they have this digital certificate and we'll just put everything, all of their information, their immunization records. But see, they needed something that would drive people in fear to kind of like want to get their, these immunization records and get all this stuff done. Well, a pandemic uh, certainly provided a good reason for that. And now when there is a vaccine, everybody's going to want to get that shot because they've made the coronavirus sound so lethal and so deadly that they would make it sound like billions and billions of people have died from it. Uh, when their reality, a very small percentage of people have died from it. But people are going to want to get that vaccine. And then when they do that, they're going to get a digital certificate that will contain all of their data. And it could be that if you don't have that certificate, you can't get on an airplane. If you don't have that certificate, you can't maybe fly internationally. Who knows? Maybe you can't even fly domestically. But fear has driven this to a point where people are just like, yeah, give me the shot. Uh, Give me the shot. I don't want the virus. I'm going to die if you don't give me the shot. And so you see hysteria. You see uh, people acting in fear. And, you know, as the children of God, we need to be aware of what's going on because God has protection for us. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. All of these things are working together to move the world towards the end time scenario where the Antichrist comes on the scene. Now, I believe we're going to see this turkey show up. I totally believe that with all of of my heart. I know some ministers say, now we're going to be raptured out of here, we're going to be gone, and uh, we'll never see the Antichrist. 
I don't believe that. I believe we'll be around. I believe the Bible is written for us, not written for sinners. Sinners don't need the book of Revelation. They don't need Revelation chapter 11 or chapter 13. We need that. We need that. And I believe we need it because we will be around. Now, I do believe that we will not be around when the wrath of God is poured out. I've, I've met some Christians, they, they, they've told me, I want to be around for that. I'm like, mm, this, this is beyond you wearing your combat boots or having your, you know, semi-automatic rifle. There's stuff going on when the wrath of God is poured out that is on really a cataclysmic level. We're talking about mountains collapsing and uh, uh, oceans, you know, overextending their boundaries and a meteorite crashing into the earth and demonic locust beings walking around tormenting people. Uh, the, when the wrath is poured out, it is for the wicked who have rejected Christ and his only means of salvation. And so the wrath is going to be poured upon those individuals. I don't believe we'll be around for that. I do believe in a catching up of the saints, as the Apostle Paul made so clear. But I do believe that we will be around to see a lot. And we're going to begin to see this thing unfold. And we're going to see the man of sin, the man of perdition rise up. The little horn as Daniel prophesied and called him. He will come forth and we're going to see these things. And you need to be committed to the Lord, sold out to the Lord, and know what is taking place. Now, soon America is going to make a complete jump to what has been hailed as a 5G network. And while we all love technology, look, I like technology. I've got my smartphone, and I like reading uh, tech things, and uh, I, I like the latest gadgets and so forth. But while technology is amazing, and 5G is really going to speed things up dramatically, I mean, you'll be able to, you know, if you want to take your 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 tablet or your iPad or your smartphone, and you'll be able to download onto your device a an HD movie, not just in 1080p, in 4K in just a few seconds. Boom. Why? If you're on that 5G, it'll just download so fast. And so satellites are being sent all over the world. They're already in space, hundreds and hundreds of them, where the entire planet is going to be having these signals coming down from these satellites sending 5G, and it will go to these transmitter towers. But there are some things that we're not being told that I need to tell you about. While 5G is really cool, 5G is also extremely dangerous. And while many know this, what is beginning to happen is that the true information about 5G is beginning to get pulled off the web because they want to dumb down society, and especially they want they don't want the Christians to know. But 5G is very different from 1G or 2G. I remember when they had all the hype about 3G and 4G. Well, when you go to 5, it's not like you just go up one level. When you go to 5, you're actually going 10 times faster. So it's going to speed up an incredible amount. But the radiation levels that are emitted by 5G are phenomenal. And 5G is going to be broadcast from these radio towers that are a lot shorter than the traditional towers that are real tall. And some of these towers, I've, I've seen them, they're only about 20, 20 feet tall. Some of them are only 30 feet tall. And it is sending out a military grade level signal. And that is because our military has already had access to this technology. And they, they've used it in the military, but they're going to bring it over into the civilian world. But this this level of radiation can literally be lethal. It's going to make a lot of people sick. 
they're not going to tell you that. Uh, and people also want they want the technology. But I tell you what, uh, th- this stuff has been proven to fry people's insides and to mess up their thinking and to break down people's immune systems. Now, don't be afraid, because we have Isaiah chapter 54, verse 2. No weapon, no weapon. Please say that right now out loud. Open your mouth and say it right now. Say, no weapon formed against you me shall prosper. Come on, personalize that verse where it says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Make it your own. Claim God's word. Claim the promise of God's word. No weapon formed against me that includes any form of radiation. Okay. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Mm -mm. Woo. Praise the Lord. And look, there is going to be such protection over God's people who know the covenant. Mm -mm. who know God, who walk with God, that you're going to be protected, you're going to have an immunity against those things, and you're going to be strong, and you're going to do exploits. Woo, praise the Lord. This is amazing. This is amazing. You need to be ready for these things and know what is going on. And see, here's here's why 5G is needed. Because although this is a new level of technology, and it is a new level of speed, it is still the slowest level that is needed for the one world order to come forth. Because the one world order will have a one world economic system. And in order for that economic system to link and tie in everything together, it has to have super fast blazing speed. And that's what 5G will offer. Now, eventually we're going to go past 5G, but they need at least 5G in order to make it work. And it is very, very fast. And that's where we're going. That's why the one world order is beginning now to come together. Woo! Praise the Lord. My friends, the church is coming into the finest hour. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, speaking, speaking of the 5G, we're moving into more advanced levels of artificial intelligence. You know, very, very simple artificial intelligence. You take your, small, your smartphone and you're trying to text somebody and it starts completing the words for you. Or sometimes it'll even complete the sentence. What, what, how is it doing that? Artificial intelligence, which in some ways can be hilarious because there have been software developers that have created artificial intelligence where and I've, I've heard some of them like if you have a uh, like a person call you like a telemarketer and if you have a telemarketer call you they actually have software now that will answer the phone for you and will speak it, it's a robot that will speak to the telemarketer so you know how the telemarketers or these salespeople they call you and you know they just take up your time and they try to get you involved emotionally and try to sell you something you don't even need you just push the button and it turns on the robot and the robot starts talking to the person and you think, well, Pastor Stephen, how in the world can they do that? I've, I've heard them do it. And it's all artificial intelligence where a person is talking to the other person and it turns the tables. And now the telemarketer doesn't know that he or she, who's trying, they're trying to sell something, they're actually trying to sell something to a robot who's, who's talking to them, who can respond to them with intelligence. It's, it's hilarious. Well, this can be worked and used in all different kinds of ways, from texting to writing to, uh, you know, ways that are just uh, off the charts. I, I know that when you see these cameras in cities, or if you're driving down the interstate, you see these cameras, 
And, you know, people think, they think, well, there's somebody back in a control room somewhere, some guy or some lady, sitting there watching all these monitors, observing all of these activities. Oh, no, there's, there's nobody watching those at all. It's all being run into a massive computer system that's being governed by artific- artificial intelligence. And it's the computers that, that are watching that if you go down the highway speeding, the computer sends you a ticket, not a person. It's all done through uh, control. And the facial recognition cameras that are up in many big cities of the world, there's not people back in a control room watching monitors, looking at you and looking at your face. No, it's all being fed into a super system, all artificial intelligence, and they can map you. They can know exactly who you are out of a crowd of a million. They can, fi- they can tell exactly who you are. Not only by your face, but even by the GPS satellites that look down, they can see your movement just from your shoulders and head, and they can tell just by your movement, which is unique. Nobody else walks the way you do. They can tell that's you out of a crowd of a million people. So all of this super fast speed, blazing fast speed is what's necessary for the evil one world system to begin to really start to form. But we have time. We're going to bring the harvest in of souls. Woo, yes. We're going to get the job done. We're going to bring the harvest in. Mm-mm-mm. But look, you need to know what's going on. You can't be in some kind of a lullaby thinking, well, you know, I'll just relax and uh, uh, wonder why we all have to be locked up in our houses. It seems kind of excessive. And uh, But look, there's things going on behind the scenes, and you just need to pray and walk with the Lord and be aware. Teach your children. Teach your children. Because the artificial intelligence will get so advanced that the reality of Revelation chapter 13 verse 15 will come to pass. Now look, uh, it says here in verse, in verse 14, and he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. Now, we saw earlier versions of this with Nebuchadnezzar building the golden statue that was 666 cubits high. And, you know, so you see all of these things symbolized in the Old Testament. And others have tried to get there. I mean, Hitler really wanted to be the one world leader. And there's been others, you know, Alexander the Great. You see these uh, like types or shadows of men that really would have, that, you know, that not really, they actually sold their souls to the enemy, wanting power and fame and all of that stuff. But there will be one who will rise to be that Antichrist. He will have the false prophet assisting him. And uh, verse 15, he was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, to the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. Well, how can you have a statue, you know, like the Statue of Liberty? How can you have the Statue of Liberty just all of a sudden start looking like it's alive and start talking and, and start speaking? How could something like that happen? Artificial intelligence. So there will be this image of the beast that's created and it will speak and it will be in so many ways lifelike very very real it'll be able to talk it'll even be able to answer questions and things like that how's that happening super advanced levels of artificial intelligence now 
the technology is not there yet in its fullest form, but it's going there quick. It's going there quick. So these are things that we need to be aware of because we are hitting into the book of Revelation. Praise God. And it's a book. It's actually the only book that it said that if you read it, you receive a blessing just for reading it. Pastor Stephen, I don't really understand a lot of it. Well, you'll get, you'll get a blessing just for reading it. And as you read it and study it, I'm sure you'll, you'll begin to learn a whole lot more. Now, with all of these things that are taking place now, and, and more that will come, that will come, you need to be prepared and you need to understand, you need to understand going into it, God is able to hide His people. Pastor Stephen, you don't understand. I live in the city. What am I supposed to do? Well, it is true that when you read the Bible, you don't really see statements like, flee to the city. (laughs) You usually see statements like, get out of the city. (laughs) Get out of the city. Run to the mountains. Run to the hills. Go to the remote areas. Uh, That's usually the way it's worded. You don't really see statements like, yes, run to the city and, you know, move to the skyscrapers. Well, we understand that. But here, see, here's the thing. God, God can hide you wherever you're at. Because you may live in the city. Maybe you live in Hong Kong. Maybe you live in Singapore. Maybe you live in New York City. Uh, wherever you live. And God's got you there. And God's anointing and blessing is there. And you can have all kinds of wickedness and perversion that will be going on. But yet, the Lord just, he, He's protecting you there. You need to realize, if that's where He wants you to be, He can hide you right there and protect you and keep you safe. And I want to talk about that today, because throughout, throughout biblical history, throughout church history, whenever there has arisen wicked leaders that begin to persecute and go after, even sometimes hunt, the people of God, God has hidden His people. God has protected His people. And you need to remember this message that I am preaching and, sh- <clears throat> excuse me, and sharing with you today, that no matter what happens, God is able to hide and protect you. And you need to teach it to your children, so that should your children ever be separated from you, that they know that God can hide them, and God can protect them. And then later, there can be a regrouping or rejoining. Or... Or, even if there were martyrdom, and it was God's will for you to go as a martyr, you could at least say, son, daughter, it's okay. God will hide you. God will protect you. I'll see you on the other side. I will not deny the Lord Jesus Christ. And if they take your head off, they take your head off, you go to be with heaven. You go to be with Jesus in heaven. Praise the Lord. But you need to be committed. You need to be sold out. Don't take the mark. If you take the mark, it says your soul is damned forever. And that's very, very revealing. Why? I mean, Pastor Stephen, why? What, what's so bad about taking the mark? I mean, it's just like, I mean, I, Pastor Stephen, I can't, buy, I can't buy groceries unless I take it. Surely God understands. Well, if you take that mark, there's no turning back. Because in many ways, your neurological system, uh, you are a receiver and a transmitter. And the technology they're going to use and the chip that will be put into you will actually sync with your body. Yes, it will have all of your information, your name, and, you know, where you live, and your banking information, and stuff like that. But it will also give you a number. 
Everybody on the planet will be numbered, and you will receive a number, but that system will begin to work into you in such a way that it'll begin to affect the way you think. It'll hijack your brain, because, you, you know, we have a lot of minerals and, you know, chemicals in us, and there's a lot of science, you know, there's a lot of science with the physical body. We're just not, you know, like flesh, and, you know, you know a piece of flesh walking around with blood pumping through it. We have all of these things that are on the inside of us that are neurological that are even receptacles uh, and we respond to metal and certain things like that so that's going to be the, the chip will be put in and the person that takes it will begin to just lose their mind in a sense where they go completely under the dominion and thought control of the powers that are controlling that person through that chip it will sync with the brain with the signals uh, with, with the electronic and the magnetic re- receptors in the body, and you're gone. You're totally gone. So that's why it says if you take it, you've, you're, you're, you're done for. You're hit it for the lake of fire, and there is no turning back. It'll be total takeover of your mind, thought control, everything. It's not good. Woo, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. So you need to be aware of these things as we move into them. First Kings chapter 17 Verse 1, And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get away from here, and turn eastward, and hide. Well, Pastor Stephen, I don't believe we should ever hide. We should always be on the aggressive. We should always be bold and daring. Unless God says to hide. And if God tells you to hide, you need to hide. Mm-mm-mm. Thank you, Jesus. Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the book Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. Wow, that's not too far from Jerusalem. That's not too far from uh, Judea, Samaria. He's literally, in a sense, hiding under the king's nose. And the king doesn't know it. Mm, 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 mm. Verse 5, so he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed. Don't leave. That's not the time to go out. I think I'll go out and explore around here a little bit. No, stay put. You're in hiding. You're in hiding. And he stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens, just as God said, the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. Mm -mm. Fresh clear crystal spring brook water. Mm -mm. And where do you think those hot dogs and sourdough bread were coming from? They're coming from the king's palace, most likely, because he's probably the only one that had the ability to have provisions like that. And, you know, you can see the king's servant out there cooking on the barbecue, trying to cook some food for the king. He goes back into the kitchen to get some more onions and some more stuff to put on the kebab. And he comes back, and there's a couple hot dogs missing. This is going on every day, twice a day, morning and noon. Mm, Thank you, Jesus. God is able to hide you. And look, look, God is a specialist. He not only can hide one person where nobody, not even an entire nation or government can find you. God can hide entire groups of people. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He's done it before. He'll do it again. And he's going to need to do it again because we will come into a place where there can be persecution. There can come maybe like an attack or something like that, but God will hide you. God will hide you. God can make you go invisible. 
thank you Lord Jesus or just make you in a way where they don't even see you even if they're looking right at you they couldn't find him he's hiding they could not find him now go to go to first Kings chapter 18 and look at verse 10 this is when he appears God tells him now come out of hiding and go and show yourself to Obadiah who's the servant of the king now verse 10 as the this is what Obadiah said as the Lord your God lives there is no nation or kingdom where my master has not sent someone to hunt for you not look for you hunt for you in other words we're not just looking at you in a sense or trying to find you so that we can have a talk no they're trying to kill him they're trying to assassinate him and take him out there is no nation or kingdom where my master has not sent someone to hunt for you I mean there's bounty hunters after him and you know they want to find him because they get paid if they find him and when they said he is not here he took an oath from the kingdom or nation that they could not find you so there's people looking all over for him and they don't even know he's hiding real close to even where the king's at I mean the brook Cherith that's right that's just a, you know a, that's like a, a branch off of the Jordan River and the Jordan flowing right down at, you know right right past king he's not that far away but they can't find him that's God's hiding spot that's God's hiding spot God will have a place for you you may not know where it's at but if you ever need it he'll tell you what to do Woo! praise God a secret hiding place God can hide his people now there will be many Christians that don't know this and many because of that because they can't hear from God and they, they don't even know that God speaks like that or they don't they don't know that God could hide them they many of them will be the ones that, that the Bible refers to that get martyred but there are many that God will hide and that God will preserve and I believe I'm speaking to a very large company of them over the internet right now listen to this one Isaiah chapter 26 verse 20 how about this with corona floating around out there listen to this one come my people enter your chambers and shut your doors behind you there's a, a pastor just uh, he just um, we were communicating just a few hours ago the whole nation has gone in the lockdown for 30 days yeah, they've all gone inside. They've shut their doors behind them, just like it says. Come, my people, into your chambers. In other words, into your house. And shut your doors behind you. Hide yourself, as, as it were, for a little moment. In other words, government says, you know, uh, two-week quarantine for the whole nation, or, you know, or one-month lockdown for the whole nation, or whatever it is. Go there. Hide yourself, as it were, for a little moment, until the indignation is past. Okay, so it'll pass by. But these times where some of you have, I would call it almost like a forced downtime. You need to think about where the world is going. You need to think about how the new world government, the new world order is going to begin to come on the scene. A one world religion, a one world economic system. You need to say, Lord, strengthen me against the wicked deception that is going to be released into the earth. Strengthen me against the false anointings that are out there, because there's many antichrists that are already out there, not the big one. The, the antichrist will come on the scene, but there's a heavy antichrist anointing already in the earth. And you know how you can know it? It's very clear. Satan 
working through people, governors, and journalists, and reporters, and things like that, they don't mind if you're a Christian. They don't mind one bit if you preach nice, nice little messages. They, they don't mind. That doesn't trouble them one bit. But, but as a preacher, or as a believer, if you begin to teach or minister the people the full gospel, saying, Christ is able to protect you from the coronavirus. There is healing in the blood of Jesus for the coronavirus. They'll stand up and say, oh no, you can't say that. Why? Why? That's an anointing. They recognize that as an anointing. And so the anti-anointing of the antichrist of Satan comes and says, oh, you can say whatever you want. You can have your little meetings. You can do your little uh, prayer groups or whatever. But don't, don't say stuff like that. You can't say that. Why? That's power. Christ is still healing people today. If you're sick, come here. We'll lay hands on you in the name of Jesus. The disease must go. Oh, don't say that. You can't say that. You're a fanatic. You're a lunatic if you say that. Why, why are they so fearful of that message? That is the true anointing. And when you see their true anointing, what will rise up? The, 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 the anti-anointing or the false anointing. Woo! It's afraid of the real thing. It's terrified of the real thing. But see, we have the real thing, and included with the real thing is protection and also God's ability to hide you. Mm, thank you, Jesus. You're going to walk right through the end time events. You're going to walk right through it with a supernatural immunity over your whole life. And you're not going to get that from taking multivitamins. You're going to get that from a relationship with Christ that comes from knowing what's in the covenant, God's ability to hide you, and you're going to walk right through it. It doesn't matter if bullets fly around you. It doesn't matter if they build a 5G tower right over your house. It doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter what kind of things they do. You will walk right through it with supernatural immunity because you are a child of God. And God knew that you would be living in this era. He knew the, the things that we would face, the challenges the church would face, and God chose you on purpose to live in this time. Pastor Stephen, I, I, I always wanted to be a knight back in the medieval ages. That's what I wanted to have lived. No, God saw you as a person, as a person worthy to live in this hour. Worthy to live in this hour. Hmm. That's the lion anointing, the lion anointing, the apostolic anointing, the lion of the tribe of Judah has conquered. Praise the Lord. God kept you for the, be- for, for the last. He kept the best wine for the last, for the end move of the spirit. Woo, praise God. Psalm 27. Praise you, Jesus, today. Psalm 27 Verse 5, for in the time of trouble, I'm not going to sit here today as a preacher and lie to you and tell you that there's not going to be trouble. There will become troubles. There will come things that will be beyond the scope of governments to fix. There will be plagues. There will be diseases. There will be things released in the earth that are beyond the ability of people to solve or fix. But you will be protected. You will be hidden from it. It won't touch you. It will not touch you or your family. 
Praise the Lord. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high up on a rock. The disease can't find you. You're not on the you're not appearing on the devil's radar. You are in you are in the protection of God, and that stuff cannot come on you, can't touch you. The angels shield you. They form a canopy of protection around you and your family and your house. There is a fence of protection all around you. And I'm telling you what, God can hide you. It, it, may, it may get on others that don't know the covenant. It's probably going to get on the sinners, absolutely. But it will not come near you. Believe it and receive it. You know what this is? This is an anointing. This is an anointing to preach the true gospel of protection, of healing, of prosperity, of provision, of blessing, of, of immunity against all that junk. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. See, this is our inheritance in Christ. Praise the Lord. This is why you can't play church. This is why you can't just be like, you know, like a little, a little Christian that just kind of plays around, but doesn't really want to believe it. You have to believe it now. You have to walk with the Lord now. Take a hold of it and believe it. And you're going to walk right through all that stuff. You're just going to walk right through it. It won't touch you. It won't touch you. Praise the Lord. God is with you. Psalm 32, verse 7. You are my hiding place. Now, that's what we need to begin to tell the Lord. Lord, you're my Savior. You're my King. Jesus, you're my Lord. Jesus, you're my hiding place. Now bring that into your vocabulary of praise. Bring that into now your expression of worship. Jesus, you are my hiding place. Woo! Praise the Lord. You shall preserve me from trouble. Oh, Pastor Stephen, oh, you can't say that. That disease could jump on you just like that. No, it can't. Well, yes, it can't. No, it can't. Hallelujah. It cannot hijack a true believer. It can't get through. It cannot get through the protection of a covenant person who knows who they are in Christ and knows their rights and puts their foot down. The buck stops there. The disease, the plague stops there. The fire stops there. It's not touching us. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. Now, I don't know about others that it's hitting. I don't know where they stand. I don't know if they're saved. I don't know if they're lost. I don't know what the situation is. But for a blood-bought believer who knows who they are in Christ and knows the promises that God can hide you, it won't touch you. You're going to go right past it, right through it. You'll go through it. It won't touch you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 36, we see here that King Jehoiakim, he's being very rebellious, and he's being, he's being very sinful. He's going, to get, he's going to get hauled off into captivity. He's going to have to learn the hard way, but he's being told that Jeremiah has written a scroll, and that he needs to read it. And that on the scroll are instructions that God has given Jeremiah to convey to the king 
the instructions have been written down and they present it they present the scroll to the king what does the king do with the scroll with God's instructions verse 22 tells us now the king was sitting in the winter house in the ninth month with a fire burning on the hearth before him ooh that's nice that's a good time to get a hot chocolate and sit back and let your your reader read for you somebody who's got a nice voice. Okay, now read it. I want to hear what it has to say. And kick your feet up on a nice, you know, little platform. Have them put another log on the fire. And listen to the instructions of God. And it happened when Jehudi had read three or four columns that the king cut it with the scribe's knife and cast it into the fire that was on the hearth until all the scroll was consumed in the fire that was on the hearth yet they were not afraid nor did they tear their garments the king nor any of his servants who heard all these words wow arrogant and prideful now before I conclude this message today I will share with you the one thing that is the key to walking in a place with God where He will hide you. He will hide you from all harm. I'll share it with you. Obviously, the king here doesn't have it, nor does his assistants. They don't have it. Verse 26, And the king commanded Jeremiah, the king's son, Sariah, the son of Azrael, and Shelmiah, the son of Abdeel, to seize Baruch, the scribe. Okay, so Baruch is, is Jeremiah's assistant who would do all the writing. Okay, seize Baruch, the scribe, and seize Jeremiah the prophet. Throw him in prison. No, maybe even kill him. We're so mad. We're so mad at them. Yeah, seize him. Let's get him. But the Lord hid them. Woo! You know what? You've got to be hidden pretty good for a king and all of his soldiers and all of his army where they're looking for you and they can't find you. See, it says here that the Lord hid them. And God can hide you so good that nobody can find you. Not even a king, not a president, not a prime minister, not a nation, not an army. Well, they got tracking devices, not a bunch of baloney. If God hides you, there's nobody or anything that can find you. No robot, no police, no, no, no system, no, 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 there is no technology. If God hides you, you are hidden. You are hidden, and nobody can find you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Here's one that's very, I would, I would even call it almost comical. Exodus chapter 1. This is just absolutely beautiful. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The enemy is looking, looking all over for the deliverer. We've got to kill the deliverer. We have heard the prophetic utterances. We have got to kill the deliverer. We've got to take this person out. And the enemy has no idea. He's being raised in your own house. Woo! Woo! And not only that, you're paying his mother to raise him. And he's going to grow up right underneath your nose, the person that's going to deliver God's people out of your bondage. The person that you're looking for is being hidden by God in your own house. And of course, I'm speaking about Moses. Exodus 1, verse 15. 
Then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, of whom the name of one was Shifra, and the name of the other Pua. And he said, When you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women, and see them on the birth stools, if it is a son, then you shall kill him. But if it's a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God, and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded, but saved the male children. Verse 22. So Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, Every son who is born you shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. Why? They know there's a deliverer coming. They know that a child has been born who is the deliverer. Yep, that's right. His name is Moses. His name is Moses. Now, chapter 2, verse 4. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, and her maidens walked along the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the baby wept. Well, that's perfect timing. Okay? So she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter Look, this is the daughter of Pharaoh. And Pharaoh's looking everywhere for this supposed, you know, deliverer. And he's killing all of the male babies, taking them all out up to a certain age because he wants the prophecy not to be fulfilled. And Pharaoh has no idea the, the deliverer is going to be raised up in his own house. And not only is that, Pharaoh's going to pay for his education. Go. And, and that's what the Pharaoh's daughter said. Yes, sure, go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you wages. you talking about flipping the whole thing on its head. That's what God does. God's going to use this 5G thing to flip it. The enemy has a plan for it. God's going to flip it, and He's going to, he's going to allow us to use it so that we're going to use it to just spread the gospel real fast over the whole world through the internet like crazy, through television, but mainly through the internet, because the internet's going to be set up to go around the world with blazing speed, and we are going to be ready to jump all over that. So the woman took the child and nursed him, and she got paid for it. Mm-mm. What the enemy means for harm, God will take it, and God is going to use it for good, and we will be protected as we do so. Praise the Lord. So, God hid Moses. God hid the deliverer right beneath Pharaoh's nose. And Pharaoh, who was looking all over for the deliverer and killing the babies, had no idea that he's actually raising the deliverer himself. And God is is flipping the situation so that not only is the deliverer kept alive and hidden, he's actually hidden in Pharaoh's house. And Pharaoh's money is being used and spent to properly raise up the deliverer. God has a sense of humor. When we were in Israel one time, and we've been through the city, this particular city, multiple times, but uh, one time it really hit me, the reality of it, uh, and this would be the home place of John the Baptist. Many of you that have been to Israel, you've been to the city. That's called Ein Kerem. And a lot of the political leaders in Israel, when they retire, uh, they either like to go to Netanya, 
which is right on the beach, or they like to go uh, south of Jerusalem to this beautiful little town that's called Ein Kerem, because it's a lot cooler there than Jerusalem, but it's so beautiful. And of course, as you go into the town, there's this little gelato shop over on the left, and you pass by it, and it's just some of the best uh, gelato ice cream, and we always stop there as we go further into Ein Kerem and go up the mountain to a, a Catholic church that is the site of the hiding place of where John's mother hid him when Herod's soldiers were looking for uh, John the Baptist. And legend says that uh, his father would not tell where the child was hidden at, and that they killed his father. That would have been Zacharias. And so, uh, you know, of course, Herod was also looking for this prophesied Messiah. And he's butchering all the babies down in the area of Bethlehem. But it also said within all the districts, all the surrounding districts also. So very well could be that the legend is true, reaching up even into Ein Kerem, where John was being hid by his mother. But look, God is able to hide his people. And God also spoke to Joseph and, and uh, spoke through an angel and said, take the child out of here immediately because Herod's looking for him. And so Joseph and Mary left that night. He didn't even wait for the morning or for the sun that he packed up. And at night in the dark, whoosh, they were hidden out of there going down to Egypt. Why? God hid Jesus in Egypt and kept, uh, he was kept there until the angel said, keep him there until I bring word that it's safe. And so he was down there where hidden, whoo, praise the Lord. And Herod with this vast Roman army, with all of their intelligence and ability to, you know, intimidate and try to coerce truth out of people that they couldn't find him, that they couldn't find John, they couldn't find uh, Jesus. And so God's plan was still accomplished. God is able to hide His people. Now listen, God is able to hide you should that need ever come where you feel like perhaps you're being closed in on or they're coming to, uh, you know, take you away for something that's not good, a one-way trip. And look, I've been to, I've been to different places in Germany. And I've been there to Berlin uh, with the head police chief over the entire police force of Berlin. Matter of fact, when Billy Graham would come to Berlin uh, in, in years past and he would minister, that man was always the host. And when Benny Hinn would come, this man was the host. And when I go there, he's the, he's the one that hosts me in the meetings. And so he took me to the sites there in Berlin. They, they've kept them there for historical purposes. And this is where they would load up the boxcars, pack them full of Jews, uh, pile them in, and uh, send them off. Where? Uh, well, you know, they, they, of course, lied to the Jews and said, you know, we're just relocating you, and we're going to uh, get you into a different job skill, and we're going to do some new things for you, and so we have to send you to a new place. Well, they, you know, total lie, and they're sending them off to the gas chambers, to the concentration camps, to kill them, to gas them, and then to cremate their bodies. And I, I've been there. I've, I've, I've seen that because the Germans are very, very good at record keeping. They're, they're, they're very precise in all that they do. And, you know, all, all the, the numbers are recorded there at the train station in plaques now where you can see how many were put in on this day, how many were put in on that day. And they were just running them by the thousands and the thousands and the thousands and the thousands. Those trains were packed full of people locked in one way ticket 
No way back. A few, a few escape. But, you know, the boxcars are also locked. It's not like you could just get out of the boxcar and jump off. The, all those were locked. And uh, not only that, they had armed guards. So, you know, if there's ever time when you need to be hidden, so you're never taken somewhere you're not supposed to go, or something like that, and things begin to break down, and you realize, well, well, this is turning really bad really quick, you know, Remember that God is able to hide you. He's hidden his saints over and over. He hid Elijah, hid Jeremiah, hid uh, Paul. I mean, Paul coming out of the city in a basket, hiding, uh, hid the two spies through Rahab, the harlot. Uh, I mean, God, God's good at this. God's good at this. God can hide you. Nobody can find you. Woo, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. No fear. Psalm 91 speaks that there will be no fear. Who praise the Lord. And that's your theme. You're going through this. Why? Because God can hide you. Praise the Lord. Supernaturally protected. You know, I was reading the story today of a minister who was uh, smuggling Bibles into Russia. And they packed the back of the car full of Bibles and also tape recorders that on the tapes they had these old cassette tapes back then and uh, you know this because this is when it was still under communism completely locked down but they also would have Bibles and cassette tapes that had the messages of the Bible and gospel messages already translated into Russian and so uh, you know they prayed over everything prayed over the tapes prayed over the Bibles and they go through the checkpoint and they were stopped and they were searched and the guard said you know pop open the trunk and when they popped open the trunk and the chief inspector was looking at everything one of the cassette tapes when it got moved as he's looking at things it went off and it's actually what was on the cassette tape was actually the preacher telling his assistants now they had gotten recorded. Now, when we hide these tapes, um, make sure we put them all in the trunk, hide them with the Bibles, and all that starts playing literally right in front of the inspector who heard everything. He heard it, and he just, you know, put the trunk down. And uh, it's just like the whole thing was veiled to him, though. The, and all of the men were standing there as they're smuggling the Bibles and who were riding the car thinking, you know, if God doesn't do something, we're all going to be hidden to the gulag. Well, you know, it, the whole thing was just veiled, and the men that were inspecting just, they just didn't, they, they heard it, but it didn't make any sense to them. And through they went, through they went, and the precious cargo was delivered. And I, I know another minister that was smuggling, and he talked about the time he was taking in all the Bibles, and uh, he got stopped too, and they, they opened it up and looked in the trunk, and the whole trunk is just full of Bibles. And they said, what is this? He said, it's soap. I mean, in a way, it's not lying, right? Because the Word of God washes you and cleanses you. And he said, it's soap. And they just put the uh, trunk down and said, that's a lot of soap. And through he went. And, and to them, it looked like bars of soap. It looked like bars of soap. So God's able to hide. God's able to veil. God's able to do the most amazing things. Praise God. Praise the Lord. We need to know these things. There will be times where there's great persecution, and you may find yourself in a spot that maybe you didn't mean to drive there or get there, but now it's, it's turned bad, and you need to get out of there safely. God will hide you. Just drive right out. that You'll be invisible, or walk right out if you need to. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. There were times they tried to kill Jesus. They tried to throw him off the cliff. And it says he turned around and walked through their midst. He walked right through them. Well, how do you go from all of them wanting to, you know, strangle you and rip you apart and throw you over the cliff to where you just turn around and you just walk through them? You go invisible. That's how. You just somehow God fakes you out. God just blinds them. Not that they can't see perhaps, but they just, they, they, they can't see you. And they're, they're, and it's just amazing. God's able to do this. He's able to hide you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So when that anointing happens, just get out. You'll be totally fine. And don't be afraid either. Don't be afraid. Stay in faith. Praise the Lord. Let's lift our hands. Father, we just thank you. We just thank you, Father God, that you're able to protect. Father, I, there's one more verse I want to give your people. Luke 21, 36. Hallelujah. Because I feel that those are watching, those that are watching, God, God sees your future. Luke 21, verse 36, Jesus said, watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass. It's a pre-programmed prophetic event, the unfolding of the end times and the one world order. It's going to happen. Oh, Pastor Stephen, I, I, no, you're here. It, God put you here on purpose, but you need to pray and walk real close with God and pray that you may be counted worthy. Worthy of what? To escape. Worthy to escape all these things. Worthy to escape all of these things. Father, thank you. I'm speaking to your people. I sense that many will be found worthy. I thank you, Father God. In Jesus' name, you will see others on your right and left that don't know the covenant. You'll even see believers, sadly, go down, not because God wanted them to, but because they don't know covenant privilege, and they don't know how to stand on the Word, and they don't know how to believe the promises of God. They don't even know what they are. But you know that you can be hidden, so that you can escape all of these things that are coming. We can't stop them. They are coming. Hallelujah. And we're privileged to live in this hour, and in this moment. I told you that I would give you the primary key that will qualify you to walk in this position of being one who is counted worthy. Yes, believe that God can hide you. Believe that. But there is a key element in the lives of all the examples I've given you. There is a key element that allows God to hide you, even at times to mock the enemy while he hides you. Can I show you what it is? Let's go to the book of Numbers, chapter 12, verse 3. And this is it. Now the man Moses was very, I'm going to use the King James Version word. The man Moses was very meek. Okay? New King James, modern English, humble. Now the man Moses was very humble, very meek, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. God can't hide you if you think you're hot stuff. 
God can't hide you if you think, well, you know, I took my iodine pills, I took my radioactive pills, I'm, I'm ready for anything. No, there's stuff coming that you need to trust God. I'm not saying don't take, you know, don't take something that could benefit your body or, don't, you know, do things that help you, but your trust needs to be in the Lord, because there are things coming that are unsolvable to uh, the the problems that will be upon the earth. It really is going to come down to you need to know your God and you need to walk with him. And if you're a person, if it's a person that's prideful or arrogant, you're going to be disqualified from this divine protection. Moses was more humble and meek than anybody else on the planet. And you have to ask yourself who wrote the book of numbers. Moses wrote that he knew that there was nobody else on the planet as humble and as meek as he was. And that's not arrogant to, to write that or to say that. But he knew by the Holy Spirit that he was a very humble person relying upon on the Lord. He needed God's help so much. He trying to lead three million people was beyond him. It was beyond his energy, beyond his reserves, beyond his ability to like, what am I going to do next to? Uh, because the problems were gigantic. Leading people in the middle of a wilderness, in a desert, for 40 years. So he needed God to help him, and he leaned heavily on the Lord. As you lean on the Lord, and as you walk in humility, God will hide you. No evil will befall you. No plague will come near your dwelling. Praise the Lord. But as you walk in humility and meekness, that's very, very important uh, to the Lord, is walking in meekness and humility. It doesn't mean that you don't have the lion attitude. It doesn't mean that you don't have the boldness. It doesn't mean that you don't have the bite. But it does mean at the heart of it all that you are a person of meekness, and your trust is really in the Lord. And you know who it is that's carrying you through. It's not your ingenuity, although you're going to use your mind. Yes, we're going to use our intellect, but it's not, that's not what's going to get the job done. Oh, Pastor Stephen, I'm real strong. I've been working out. I've been working out like Rambo. I'm ready for the Antichrist. I'm going to slap the false prophet when I see him. Uh, No. Uh, No, no, you're not going to get through this physical. Although, may the Lord bless and strengthen your health. But this is going to come down to those that know God and walk with the Lord. And that's you. Praise God. So walk in humility, walk in meekness, and you will be so cloaked and hidden by the Lord. Woo! Glory to God that the enemy, you'll just be completely untouchable, completely untouchable, and in many times invisible. He can't even see you. Praise the Lord. I'm saying this from a perspective of the spiritual and even the natural. Because the devil tried to kill Jesus, he just couldn't do it until Jesus laid his life down. But before that, the enemy tried many times, he he couldn't do it. Jesus would just turn invisible, would walk right through the crowd. Hallelujah. Praise God. Or, Or would become, by the ability of God, indiscernible from others. It's like God would cloak him. Praise the Lord. This message will come back to you when you need it. But let it settle and percolate in your spirit. So, Father, let it be sealed in the hearts of your people. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father. We are people that believe in your miracle working power. And, Father God, we're going to make it all the way to the end. You told us to be faithful and and to trust you so that we would endure to the end. So, Father, I ask for endurance for all of your people.
strength for all of your people to resist the temptations that are out there, to resist the deception that is out there, and to walk with you and to pray and to watch. We give you praise, Father God. We give you praise. I thank you, Father, for your people being found worthy to escape all of these things, all of them. Father, we give you praise, and we will stand all the way till the end. Father, we give you praise. Thank you. Let meekness be developed in us. Thank you, Father God, by your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Woo, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, let's get ready to take Holy Communion. If you are watching the program, and maybe you... Uh, You've been, a, you've been a little shaken up because you don't know Jesus, but you know, you know the world's in a mess, and it's not going to get any better. And you, you want security. You want safety. It's only found in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you would like to receive Him now, you will receive His protection and His blessing, and He will wash all of your sins away, and He will give you access into His eternal life. So that you can go to heaven to be with him when your life comes to an end. Hallelujah. If you would like to do that, pray right now this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come before you as a sinner. Jesus, I believe at Calvary you made provision for my sin problem. So, Jesus, I receive you now as my Lord and my Savior. I ask you, wash my sins away. Give me, Jesus, your newness of life. I receive you now into my heart. Jesus, write my name in your book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Now tell him this. Say, Jesus, I will follow you closely all the days of my life. I belong to you now. I will not forsake you. Keep me, Lord. Keep me, Lord. Hallelujah. And he will. He will. He'll never let go of you. Stay close to Him. You belong to Him now. You are now, you're now safe in Him. Praise God. Let's take Holy Communion together. Heavenly Father, we thank You for the bread, and we thank You for the grape juice. And if you have a, if you have a little wafer, you can use that. If not, get a little cracker. So, Father, we thank You. We pray over this, and we bless this little piece of bread and this juice, and we consecrate it. It is now set apart and holy. And we thank you, Father God. This is now the body of Christ and the precious blood of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for Jesus who went to the cross for us. We're coming into the Passion Week. Thank you, Father, for Jesus. Thank you for his blessing. Thank you, Father, that because He went to the cross for us and purchased our salvation, included in that salvation plan is your ability to hide us from the enemy so that no harm comes to us. And we thank you, Father God, that all of our children will be hidden, even if they were young and they would be separated or taken, they will still be hidden and they will be escaped. They will escape and they will be kept by you. And the enemy will never have them. The enemy will never... The, triumph over us with any of his plans. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father God, that we confess before you, we'll never take the mark. We will never take that damnable mark, whether it's something that's inserted, a computer chip, or whatever it might be. We'll never receive it. We will never receive it. Thank you, Father God, for sealing 
the foreheads of your people with the wisdom and the knowledge of Christ. We give you praise, Father God. We give you praise, Father God. We belong to you and not to this filthy world system and not to the devil. We belong to you. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, as we receive the body of Jesus, thank you. Thank you for the promises of being able to hide us that should we need that your provision will come forth. We receive now in Jesus' name that promise. Amen and amen. Let's receive. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus that was shed for the remission, for the taking away of our sins. We believe it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, that we're going to spend all eternity with you in heaven, and that this short period that we're down here on earth is passing quickly. Thank you, Father. Let us enjoy it. Let us cast the nets and pull in the great harvest. Let us be an essential part of that. Thank you, Father God, for the honor and privilege of that. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you glory. We thank you that you're able to hide us. Woo! Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for supernatural provision flowing. We thank you for miracles of financial increase. We thank you for debts paid off. Thank you, Father God. We thank you for the Joseph anointing being released into the body of Christ, being released into the lives of your people. Thank you, Father God. Joseph anointing in time stewards of tremendous prosperity. The further the gospel, the great commission being fulfilled. Father, we give you praise. We give you praise in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. God's touching your mind right now with the Joseph anointing. Father, we give you praise in the name of Jesus. God's going to bring you out of debt. Hallelujah. He will be the only master and Lord over your finances. He doesn't want you to have a master, another master called debt. He wants to be the only Lord and master over you. He's very, very jealous for his saints. I'm talking to you. He's very, very jealous for your complete allegiance and loyalty. Hallelujah. He's going to get you out of debt supernaturally. Hallelujah. He's going to help you. He is going to help you. The angels are working. The debt busting, debt delivering angels are on the move now. Receive in the name of Jesus. I see them now with large wings and mighty, mighty swords to cut the chains of debt out of your life. And you'll never know debt ever again. When the Lord brings you out, you'll never know it ever again. He's too possessive of you. Hallelujah. 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 MasterCard will not be your master. Woo. Woo. Praise the Lord. Jesus will be your only master. Hallelujah. You're going to go free from MasterCard and Visa and all of them. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's receive the precious blood of Christ. Praise the Lord. Walk close with the Lord. Pray. Walk in meekness. That's very, very important to the Lord. It's very, very special to the Lord. It's one of the most cherished attributes of God. It's meekness and humility. Praise the Lord. May you be found worthy to escape all of these things, to be hidden by God, so that you walk right through it, but it doesn't touch you. Praise God. Thank you for watching today. I look forward to seeing you back next time. I'll be coming. 
uh, back to you very soon again. I'll be speaking to you often through the Passion Week. And thank you also for sowing your special resurrection Passover seed so that we can complete the fence project.